shakes the whole world with holy thunder. Leaves us breathless in awe and wonder. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace.
sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running. Jesus, you reign above it all. Lord, we're gathered here to declare that truth this morning, collectively in one voice. To say, Lord, that you have done the work of bringing the dead to life, of bringing those in darkness into the light. And God, that's our testimony this morning. That's what we're declaring to be true of us here. That not by our own works or our own merit, but by Jesus, your sacrifice amazing grace of our Father. You have drawn us closer to you, into your presence. So we delight in that this morning. We give you praise. This is amazing grace. 
while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. We just ponder that this morning. We meditate on that, Lord. What can we say but thank you? Thank you, Lord. we continue in our time of worship, God. Fill our hearts, illuminate our minds, Lord, with the truth of your word. Your presence is here. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning once again, and welcome to Great Commission Community Church. Whether it's your first time here, uh, or it's been a long time, and you call this place home, welcome. We're so glad that you're here this morning. Um, each week, we take some time to do something that we call passing the peace, which essentially means we've received peace from God through Jesus, and we want to extend that peace to one another. So this is not just, hey, how are you? Uh, but it's actually a time of worship where we can say, God, uh, the peace that we've received from you, we want to bless others and extend that and affirm that in one another. So can you turn to someone to your left or to your right and just say peace of Christ to you, uh, and then we'll continue with our community sharing. Good morning. Welcome. First, I have to ask, am I in the light correctly? I have the bad habit of finding the shadows, so uh, it doesn't help anyone. But uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, we do just want to make sure uh, to welcome all of you, especially if it's your first time. We're so glad you're here. Uh, we do want to make mention, um, for all of those who signed up, thank you. We have a welcome lunch uh, right after the service. Uh, so if you've never been to a welcome lunch before, you are invited, even if you haven't had a chance to sign up, even if this is literally your first day and you just walked in the door, you are invited. So if that is you, uh, please uh, come talk to me or one of the welcome, or welcome team members that you saw with the blue vest on, and we would love to connect you with where to go after the service. It's a chance uh, for you to get to know a little bit more about our church, meet some of our leaders, as well as meet each other. Uh, sometimes when you're new, you feel like you're the only one, but that is not the case. So there are actually quite a few of you who are newer to our church, so we just want to say uh, thank you for being here, and we hope to get to know you better. Uh, actually, uh, we have a membership interest uh, class that's happening uh, this coming Saturday, uh, February 10th, uh, 9 to 12 p.m. on Zoom. Uh, so this is really for anybody who's interested either in just learning like more about our church, what does it mean to be a member, what is our church doing, what does all that mean, or if you're actually like, yeah, I want to I wanna be a member, I want to have a chance to have uh, more responsibility and more uh, voice and more buy-in into this community. Uh, if that's you, uh, we'd love for you to sign up. You can do that online. You need to register by February 6th, uh, which is a couple days away. So you can find that again on our website uh, for you to do that. Uh, we're excited to announce uh, that the women's retreat, uh, the registration is now open. Um, there is an early bird special if you register uh, by February 29th. Um, you can register. Uh, it's uh, for the retreat at that discounted rate. Um, the dates of the retreat are May 3rd through 5th, uh, which is a Friday evening uh, to a Sunday morning. So it's the whole weekend pretty much. Um, it's going to be at Sandy Cove uh, Ministries in Maryland. Uh, it's about an hour-ish or so away from here. Our speaker is Reverend Jen Ashby. 
Um, she's currently serving as the Director of Church Health for the Metropolitan District of the Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, serving churches in New Jersey, the greater New York City area, and Philadelphia. And she also serves on the Board of Directors of the Christian Missionary Alliance for the U.S. at this time. The, the theme of the retreat is going to be an invitation to go deeper um, as Jesus invites us to pursue and grow deeper with him. We hope that this retreat will provide space to spend time with Jesus through worship, sessions, prayer, and times of reflection, as well as a time of fellowship with other sisters. You can find more details about the retreat and how to register on, our, uh, on the registration page on GCC's website. Um, again, to make mention, by the end of the month, if you sign up before then, you get a discounted rate. So really excited about that. Uh, this morning, we actually have a, a treat where we're, gonna, we're excited to see an update, uh, a video update from our partners, uh, Darren and Lynn. Uh, they're a couple that, and a family, actually, that we sent uh, to Indonesia uh, to help reach unreached people in that country. We sent them uh, a while ago, but they've been there about a year. Uh, so we actually have a video that we're going to see, and then we'll talk about them a little bit more after that. So, Hi, GCCC. Greetings from Indonesia. Um, for those of you who don't know us, my name is Darren. And I'm is Liz. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, together with our three kids, uh, we moved here in April of 2022. Um, for the first year, we were, we've been studying the Bahasa Indonesia language, and I'm um, happy to uh, report that we finished uh, that first year of language training. <laughs> uh, we're still doing language classes, but um, are now under a new visa platform, which will hopefully allow us to stay in the country uh, for, for the long term. Um, Lynn is going to explain a little bit about what that entails. Um, but yeah, uh, first and foremost, just wanted to thank you guys for continuing to pray for us and to continue to support us. Um, yeah, we really miss you guys, and we hope to see you soon. Um, but let me give you a quick update, and Lynn will share about the, uh, the work you've done. So go ahead. So I am currently teaching at an international school here. It's um, many workers actually moved here just to provide a good education for their kids. Um, yeah, many of the moms experience like homeschool burnout because it's just really tiring trying to homeschool like four kids or more, and so. Yeah, this is a place, an oasis for them to like thrive, get a good education, and be able to move on to a good university. I am currently teaching AP Calculus and Pre-Calculus. Um, it is challenging, but enjoyable, and um, guys have been able to use my gift, um, you know, as a math teacher in the States, and I am able to use that gift here. So it's just been a blessing. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, so, um Hopefully, uh, this our two of our older kids uh, attend here as well. So it's been also a blessing for Lynn to be able to go to the school at the same time with um, with our young with our kids. And uh, we live close by, so that's also a huge blessing. Thank you guys for praying for our housing search. Um, but uh, yeah, um, besides Lynn teaching, um, I continue to help out with media ministries, and that's of course you know using social media and uh, any kind of technology really to try to reach the unreached here. Um, uh, right, I'm happy to let you guys know if you, if you haven't heard already. Um, so GCCC was able to give us a, um, a very sizable uh, one-time gift last year and that went towards the media ministry. And last year actually happens to be um, the, the year that we identified our first, had our first believer, uh, mm. so our first, um, 
Muslim uh, coming to faith and getting baptized all through social media. So they found, uh, you know, they found answers to some of their questions. They, they were able to dialogue with somebody online. And then from that, it led to a face-to-face -face conversa conversation with other team members. And eventually, that person came to faith. Um, so which was, you know, it's just an amazing testimony of how God is using things like technology to reach, uh, to advance his kingdom. So um, besides that, we are also looking at being involved in uh, some student ministries, maybe teaching uh, classes, English classes, or, or what have you, to, uh, to locals here. So um, as we've shared in our prayer letter, our focus group is um, close to 100% unreached. Uh, so it's obviously a challenge. Um, but, you know, we're hoping that we can use some of uh, our, our experience, either as an IT professional, as a teacher, um, you know, as native English speakers, to be able to open doors to have conversations about who Jesus is and how mm. much uh, he loves them, how much he cares for them, and hopefully mm. they will come to, to know uh, Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Um, yeah, but uh, we're still praying about those opportunities. Um, it's been a little bit challenging now that we are no longer having to focus on language as much. Uh, we're, we're praying, you know, to see where God might lead us. Um, mm. I mentioned these student ministries and some of those doors haven't fully opened to us yet. Um, so please continue to pray for those situations. Um, you know, continue to pray for uh, us as a, as a family, as we look to um, build relationships with our, our neighbors and with um, just mm. everyone that we encounter here. We want people to uh, not only hear about the gospel through us, but to see it, you know, as we interact with them day to day. Um, yeah, uh, maybe Lynn, do you want to share what God is trying um, to help you? I'm also meeting with a Muslim background believer. I just, just um, reading the Bible with her and praying with her. She doesn't have a community at this moment. And so I'm just really praying for someone who can actually meet with her one-on-one -on -one in person because she's in a city it's far away. Far away. And so we're just doing BD call at this moment. And so um, I'm hoping to just build up her faith. And then at one point, she's able to um, do it one-on-one -on -one with someone in person. Yeah, we've, the more and more that we've um, looked around and, and, you know, as we've been here, we really see that um, people that come from a Muslim background are, are just able to uh, connect better, right, yeah. with, with the locals here. Um, there's a certain level of trust that, that they have already just mm. because of their background. And so it, a conversation um, leading to faith could take someone from mm. a, a Christian background maybe years to develop, mm. but uh, someone that's coming from a same, similar background, a sim, similar Muslim background, you know, that, those conversations can happen mm. uh, within a couple of days maybe, mm. or, you know, or a week or something like that, but in a much shorter time frame where they can show that, um, you know, the, the answer to all the, of somebody's questions, the, the person that they've been seeking this whole time, their whole life, this void in their heart, heart is filled by uh, Jesus Christ or Isa al-Masi here. Mm. Um, yeah, so those are just, you know, some of, some of the things that we've been working on here. Please continue to pray for us. Uh, yeah, as we look to develop friendships and just be a blessing here. Um, yeah, thank you guys for being a blessing to us. Um, yeah, we miss you. We hope to see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.
Um, actually, this Tuesday, we always have our prayer time uh, on Zoom every Tuesday night at 8 p.m., which you can find um, under our GCCC online tab. There's a, there's a part there for prayer. If you go there, you can join our uh, Zoom prayer meetings. This Tuesday, they're actually going to be on that call with us. Uh, we're going to have a chance to hear a little bit more about what's happening, and then we'll spend concentrated time just praying for them, their ministry, their family, on what's happening. So we really, really do encourage you. I mean, we always encourage you to show up on Tuesdays, but like we're their extending church uh, family. So to see a bunch of familiar faces uh, or even new faces, but that are supporting them just even helps them to, to feel like there are people behind them. So if at all possible, we really do encourage you to, to log on uh, this Tuesday at 8 p.m. and uh, hear from them, but also just spend time praying uh, with them. Uh, that would be very helpful for, for them and for us as we look to support them. Uh, we also have a, another uh, missions update here for us. Um, we have the, our partners in Cambodia as well. Uh, this past week, we actually just got reached out to by them. Uh, they have a regular retreat conference every year called Field Forum. Uh, our team went out and did that about two years ago. Uh, some of us here were there. They had a great time. It was a good blessing for them and for us. Uh, and they had a, usually a church comes and runs that retreat every year for them. They had a retreat, uh, our church lined up uh, for this coming summer. And that church just told them they can't do it. Uh, so apparently we are on their A-list for, hey, can you help us out? Uh, and so they've actually asked if we would be able to go uh, at the end of July. Uh, I believe, yep, there it is, that, that time frame-ish, plus or minus some uh, travel dates in there. But to go and do this retreat, uh, it doesn't need to be a lot of people. We need a, a small team, but we do need specific people. Uh, so... Uh, I think I will probably be going as the preacher, but then we'd also need a person to do worship, person to do stuff with youth, and a person to do stuff with kids. Uh, so if that sounds at all interesting to you, you're like, yeah, I'd love to do this, uh, please let me know. Uh, I'd love to do that as we were, we'd like to be able to tell them within the next week or two if we can actually field a team to go out uh, this summer and be a part of this. It is a great blessing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and again, if you if you have any other questions or would like to know if you're a little bit, even if you're a little bit interested, I'd love to talk to you. Uh, as we do need to, uh, we'd love to do this this trip. Um, and so it is a good time. Again, that is Cambodia, so it is it's usually about a 10 day trip uh, altogether or so. So it is it is a long time, and there is a lot of jet lag. It's literally about as far away as you can go from here. So, uh, but it is a lot of fun. So again, if you're interested, uh, please let me know, and uh, we would love to to tell you more about that. At this point, we're going to pray over our offering. Uh, we do not collect a physical offering, uh, but we do continue to receive offerings online. Uh, but we pray over it now because we still believe that uh, our offerings is an act of worship unto the Lord, uh, a way of giving thanks, a way of giving praise, and acknowledging our trust in Him as our provider. Uh, so would you pray with me as we pray for our offering and our, the rest of our service? Jesus, I praise you and I thank you for how good you are. I thank you for all the ways that you have provided for us, for our needs in our lives. Uh, and we just thank you for your goodness. We also just thank you, God, for the privilege and the opportunity to join you in what your kingdom work is doing by giving. Um, giving whatever amounts that we're able to give, just trusting that you can use it even beyond what seems humanly possible for the sake of your kingdom, for the freedom of captives, for people coming to know you and experience hope for the first time. And so... We just offer up to you what we have and just say, uh, would you use it? Would you bless it for your purposes, for your kingdom? As we continue to worship you and, and look in your word, God, we ask that you would just speak to us. We ask that you, uh, Spirit of God, would 
Awaken our hearts to what you long to speak to say to us this morning. Uh, we do not desire in any way to harden our hearts to you, O Holy Spirit. So we say, would you have your way in us this morning? We acknowledge that we all have things that we brought in this morning, concerns, thoughts, issues, but we lay them all at your feet. We don't hide from them. We don't run from them. We just say, here we are exactly as we are, God. And we just declare that our desire is to meet with you, encounter you, and hear what you have to say through your spirit. We thank you, O God, for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, There are some moments that happen in our lives that uh, affect or impact the way that we relate uh, to other people and, and maybe respect them. So, if you are a uh, Chiefs fan or a 49ers fan, I bet you the way you're relating to each other is different than it was a month ago, as now your two teams are about to go head-to-head next week in the Super Bowl. So that changes how, how you relate a little bit. But I remember one of the, the main events in my life that changed how I related to, to my friends uh, was when we had our first uh, child. So we had Olivia, um, this is a long time ago, when we had her, we were uh, like 24, so we were pretty young, especially for the, we were around New York City area. So most of our friends, well, all of our friends, some of them were married before us. None of them had kids. None of them were thinking of having kids. And so then we had a kid. We're trying to figure out what this means. You know, the typical, like, not sleeping at night, all that kind of stuff. And I remember this one night in particular, um, you know, it was kind of getting later at night. We had just gotten Olivia to go to sleep. And we're like, okay, great. And I was, remember, I'm sitting there thinking about, great. Maybe I can get 30 minutes of sleep before she wakes up again. Like, that's what's going on in my mind. I would get a phone call from my friend. Ryan's on the other line of this line. He's like, hey, man, you and Erica should totally come join us. So I was like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, totally in my sleep depraved state. Like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we're all going to go get a, catch a midnight showing of a movie. And I was like, what? I was like, dude, what am I supposed to do with my baby? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know, like find a sitter? I was like. I was like, midnight? What are you? And I was basically like, uh, no, I want to be sleeping right now. Like, talk to me later. Like, basically just like hung up the phone. I was like, can you believe this guy? Like, what is he doing? Meanwhile, you know, a month earlier, I've been like, hey, man, you want to go watch a movie at midnight? But it just totally changed and impacted how I related uh, to my friends. And today we're going to take a look at how does following Christ impact how we relate to one another and respect one another. And so we're still in our, uh, our Ephesians uh, series here, and we're going to be taking a look at kind of uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and, and verse 22. It's kind of the main text that we're going to start with. But before we get there, um, we're going to kind of back up because we're going to look at, there's basically two things that we're going to look at today as far as how does following Christ impact uh, how we should relate and respect one another. One is basically following Christ impacts kind of our starting position of all of our relationships, or it should. And one is, it changes the standard of what that interaction looks like, okay? So for, first of all, for the starting position, we kind of have to back up. Now, I just want to mention this, especially for any of you who are like, hey, I'm newer to the faith, or I'm newer to church, or I never really studied it much. Every time, you know, in your Bible, they have like headings, they have like Blocks in the middle, you know, like in the ESV here, right before verse 22, it says wives and husbands. That is not an original part of the Bible. That is something that interpreters and 
people who are writing these modern Bibles said, okay, I'm going to put this here, trying to help you understand like what this is about. That's actually not in the original text. The original text was written like as a scroll, as a letter to a group of people. That's usually like one kind of cohesive thought, especially if we're talking about letters written by Paul, who is kind of the king of run-on sentences, where it just kind of goes and goes and goes. So the reason I mention this is that if we start here and we jump into verse 22, and we just go with this, we often can miss what Paul is trying to get to us through the whole uh, message of his letter to these people. And so in, in the beginning of these chapters, or the book, in, the verse, in chapters like 1, 2, and 3, basically Paul has been doing this. He's trying to remind these people, this church, hey, this is who you are in Christ. He tells them things in, in chapter 1 about like, hey, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You've been chosen before the foundations of the world. You've been adopted as children of God. You have received the, the promise of the Holy Spirit as a promise and a seal of your inheritance. You know, in chapter 2, he talks about how we've been saved by grace, not by our own works, but by the gift of God, and that we are actually been God's workmanship, like his masterpiece created with good works in mind that God has intended for us. He's saying all these things. In chapter 3, we get to where he's like, hey, you know, you are going to be rooted and established in the love of God that is going to do so many amazing things in you that through him and through his power at work in you and in the church, it'll be more than you can hope or imagine. So basically, the first three chapters, Paul is walking this church through, reminding them, like, this is how amazing God is. This is how much amazing blessings you've received in Christ, right? So that's all he's doing. And then when you get to kind of chapter 4 and like the rest of the book, he's basically saying, hey, because of all these amazing things that you've received in Christ, we should live differently. He actually says in, in chapter 4, verse 1 there, he's talking about how, hey, because of these things, we should live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. And the beginning of chapter 5, he says, hey, we are to be imitators of Christ and how he's loved others and how he's loved us, right? And so all of this is kind of in this context. We can't lose sight of that. He said, hey, this is how much amazing things God's done for us. Because of that, it changes how we live. And when it comes to relating to one another, which is really kind of what this next part is. Actually, let me back up a second. So when we were looking at the last two weeks in four and five, part of that idea of what does it look like to live differently because of what Christ has done for us. We've looked at all these things of like putting off the old ways of life, these sins and patterns of life that don't match God's patterns. And so that's the last two weeks that we've looked at is putting those things off. And this week what we're looking at is this idea of, okay, what does it mean that we follow Jesus and that we have Jesus? How does that impact our relationships with other people? That's really where we're going with this today. But we have to start with all of that. See, because here's the thing. When we relate to other people, we bring all of our own baggage, wants, needs, insecurities, woundings, all of that with us, you know? And so when we go to people, I, I don't know how many unnecessary fights have happened in my, my household, even started by me or my wife or somebody else, simply because we were tired. And I don't know how many fights we've been in where like we're all sitting there and all of a sudden it dawns on me, I'm like, we need to stop having this fight, not because the fight's not important, but I can look around the room like, we're all exhausted. Nobody's going to say anything good right now. Like, that is impacting our current relationship here. But we bring all these things with us. 
So if we understand who we are in Christ and all the blessings that we've received in Jesus, that you are chosen, that you are redeemed, that you are loved, that you are forgiven, that you have an inheritance, if you understand all of these things and if we start from that place when it comes to relating to one another, then what I'm bringing into that relationship is I am loved. I am redeemed. I am restored. I am made new. I am God's workmanship. And so as I relate to you, as you relate to me, if we start from that place, then a lot of the things that cause drama, tension, problems in our relationships actually start to fade away. Why? Because a lot of those needs that we look for for somebody else to produce in us or meet in us, we're finding met in Christ. And so before we like really read the parts of what is Paul saying as examples, we, we got to acknowledge and remember who we are in Jesus. It's not a mistake that Paul starts the first three chapters just talking about who we are in Christ. Because he's reminding them and he wants them to get this and know this because the reality is if we don't get who we are in Christ, the second half of this book doesn't really ever come true. If you don't understand who you are in Christ, it's basically impossible to put off the old ways of life. If you don't understand who you are in Christ, it's basically impossible to relate to other people in the way that Christ would desire for you to do so. We have to start in our relating to people and and respecting each other from the place that we understand this is who Christ is, this is who I am in Christ, and this is where we begin. Okay, so that's kind of the first, sort of like a beginning, but it's also the foundation of all of this. So then, with that in mind, um, and actually I'm going to, with that too, it's not just like who we are in Christ, but it's also the knowledge that because of the Holy Spirit, we've been full of the Holy Spirit, so out of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we relate to one another. And so I'm going to back it up to just um, verse 18 where he says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she represents her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it might go well with you and that you may live long in the land. 
Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that it is he who is both their master and yours as in heaven and there and that there is no partiality with him. Okay, so really what we see here is this. Paul, remember, is writing a letter to a church, to a group of people. And if you read in Acts, you'll you'll know that when Paul is writing this letter to these people, Paul actually lived in this city for at least two years. He knows these people. He understands these people. He knows what they're going through. He knows what lives they've come out of. He understands this group of people. And so the flow again here is he's saying, hey, this is who we are in Christ. This is how we put off old things. And now, hey, I want to remind you, because we are in Christ, because we are imitating Christ, this is how we should treat one another. Now, I believe as we're following that through, the the main point that Paul is trying to make here is that we're, we're supposed to respect each other in Christ as Christ would. That we're supposed to respect each other in Christ as Christ would. See, we can read this, and a lot of times I, I've had so many conversations where, you know, I've been in so many rooms, small groups, where we start reading that and it says, wives submit to your own husbands, and every wife in the room just sits down and is like, what are you talking about? And we get in this whole conversation, or the other way around, and we're like, oh yes, we're all good. And I think when we do that, we've missed the point, because what he's saying here is he's, he's talking about respecting one another. He's talking about how we're treating one another. And then he goes to the men and he's saying the same kind of thing. Then he goes to the parents. He's saying, hey, this is the same kind of thing. Yeah, kids, you, you treat your, your, your parents with respect. But parents, you treat them with respect. And he's doing the same thing with slaves and masters. He's saying, look, slaves, you treat them with respect and they treat you with respect. It's all kind of here. And he's just giving an example here of, This is how we should relate to one another. And he knows that all of these groups of people exist in this church. So he's actually trying to speak to these people, being like reminding them, hey, no matter where you find yourself in life, no matter what position you may have, no matter what relationship status in society you may have, wherever you're at, remember that you're in Christ. And then how would Christ desire for you to treat that person? So he's saying here to wives, wives, love your husbands, submit to them. But as he's doing that, he says, okay, yeah, but husbands, love your wives, treat them well, give yourself up for them, die for them, love them as your own self. There's a a plea here to say, remember how Christ has done it. That's your example. Everywhere here is these examples of because this is how Christ did it, this is how you should do it. But we're both being called to that. Both husbands and wives, both parents and children, both slaves and masters are being reminded in this passage that because we're in Christ, our standard or what we're looking to is how would, how would Christ do this? How did Christ treat me? So how do I treat others? 
How has Christ treated me? So how, how should I treat others? How has Christ treated the world and the church? So how do I treat others? No matter what relationship there, there is there. Another thing I want to mention here is, remember, this is being written to a specific group, as we mentioned, but it's also being written at a specific time. And I, for one, as I read this, I can't help but notice that everywhere in here, there is a, the group that gets more written about it, in a lot of ways, is the one that would have had power. So even when you look at husbands and wives, at this time period, wives and children had almost, and slaves would have had like no rights, right? In this time period, when this is being written, they have no rights, no way to stand up for themselves, no voice, no anything. So when Paul actually writes this and says, like, wives submit to husbands, then everyone would have been like, yeah, that's normal. Of course they have to submit to their husbands. But the next part where he says, and husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that's where the people who had been sitting in the room were like, wait a second, what am I supposed to do? That's not culturally how we do things here. That's not how this gets done. But Paul is saying, no, 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 no. In Christ, you love them the way that Christ has loved you. You become like Christ to them, so you die for them. And for the men in the room at that point in time, they would have been like, this is radically crazy. I don't think this makes any sense. I want nothing to do with this. That would have been the cultural normal response. Then you go to, you go to kids, right? Oh, yeah, children obey your parents. We're like, of course you obey me. It's like what I say goes. It doesn't matter. It's like that whole thing which I have used in my own parenting. We're like, why do I have to do this? Because I said so. Like, that's it, right? But he's also saying, but don't provoke your kids. Don't treat them poorly. Don't be the reason why your kids might misbehave or, or react or be negative or any of these things because you are to respect them as well. And they would again been like, this doesn't make sense. Kids don't have any rights. I can do whatever I want. But he's flipping that concept because he's bringing them back to how has Christ treated you. And even for slaves and masters, he's like, slaves, don't, he's like, serve your masters like with, with full like intention to do well. Like do it well. Don't just do it as to be like, oh, okay, I don't want to get in trouble. But like, no, do it with excellence. Even though you're, you're a slave, even though you're stuck in this situation, because of Christ in you, then treat this well. Serve well. Treat your masters well. That's what he's calling them to, even if the master doesn't treat them well. And then he says to the masters, you got to remember, we're all one in Christ. And God has no partiality. So as you treat your slaves, don't threaten them. Don't beat them. Don't do things that in that cultural time period would have been perfectly legitimate for your rights as a master. He's saying, you don't do that. Why? Because of who Christ is in you and how Christ has treated you. Now, on one level, I think we go like, okay, yeah, that's fine. We get it. We get it. We, I understand. But I do have to ask us as we think through this, are we constantly and consciously thinking about our relationships, going in knowing who we are in Christ, and then thinking, because I have Christ, and because he's treated me so well, how should I treat you? Is that how we relate 
and respect one another. Is that our motivating factor? See, because part of the thing is, I, I've heard this so many times in so many different ways, where our standard for how we relate to one another often becomes like what we were taught or somebody else. Um, I don't know how, how many men's meetings I've been a part of when we're talking about like showing affection or love to our wives or our kids, where everybody's like, well, you don't understand. My dad was so much worse. Okay, well, maybe that was true. Maybe that is true. But that's not the standard. The standard isn't, what did my dad teach me? Or what did my dad do that I'm not trying to do? Or what did my mom do that I'm not trying to do? Or what did I see out in the community around me that like that's acceptable? That's not the standard. See, because Paul's literally coming against the standard of the culture that he's in saying, we will not do that because we follow Christ. And because we're full of Christ, we will do it the way Christ does it. And so how we relate to one another is about how would Christ do it? How we love, how we submit, how we listen, how we obey. Starts with and is starts with Christ, ends with Christ, is all about Christ. And it flows through all of our relationships. But if we're honest, I think a lot of us are very content having the standard be something that is not Christ. Because if we can pick a standard that go, well, I'm better than that standard. I'm okay. I'm better than my dad, or I'm better than my grandpa, or I'm better than that guy across the street who can't get his act together. But that's not what we're called to. Our call is to respect each other in Christ as Christ would. And as we do that, the love of Christ flows. The community grows. And honestly, those outside of us will look at us and go, how do you, how do, you do that? I mean, I, I'm sorry for all, all of you. I mean, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm all those things. Every time I hear these words, I'm always like, how do we literally love our wives so much that we would like, like want to die for them? Like, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. I can't do that on my own. I need Christ for that. And if we, when I see an example of that that's pretty good or pretty close to that, I go, wow, that is so different. That's awesome. I, I, I kind of want that relationship. I want to aspire to that. And I think if we begin to respect one another in Christ as Christ would, the community around us will notice and go, that's different. See, our relationships with one another and with everyone else around us should so be full of Christ that they're different than how the world treats each other. But this is Christ's call to us. So in your relationship, wherever you might be, whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult, whether you're wherever you are, how are you relating to one another? And does it honor Christ? The beautiful thing with this is, if the answers are no, it's not about you working harder, it's not about you saying, okay, i got to just change everything. Remember who you are in Christ. 
Ask him to change you. Ask him to fill you. Ask him to renew your spirit so that you begin to be so full of his love that you can't help but love and respect those around you, those under you, those over you in the ways that Christ would. Knowing that this is the call. To respect one another in Christ as Christ would. Let's pray together. I just want to give you a moment. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you, just wherever you're at. Some of you in the room are probably like, oh, I'm good. I feel like I'm there. I'm on that journey. Awesome. Some of us, maybe we're sitting there and we're like, I, I've been comparing myself to a different standard this whole time. I've been letting myself off the hook because I'm at least better than that other person. Would you let God's Spirit just fill you this morning and show you where you have not been like Christ? And let Him fill you. Let Him change you. For some of us, Maybe you just don't really know who you are in Christ. And you need to sit in that. And you need to ask the Lord, would you reveal to me who I am in you? I'm just going to give you like 30 seconds. Just listen to the Spirit. you've done for us. Thank you for the ways that you have loved us, cared for us, poured out your spirit on us, the ways that you continue to fill us and change us and make us new. Would you help us never to lose sight of it? God, would you also bring to mind all the ways in all of our relationships and ways that you desire us to love and respect one another? God, we acknowledge that many of those relationships are not right. They're not as you would desire we just put those before you, God. God, we, we just even recognize for some of us, we don't even have the heart right now to want them to be better. Maybe we've been wrong. Maybe we've been hurt. Maybe it's just too painful to go there. But we ask, Spirit of God, we, we desire to be full of you. We desire to be like you. We desire to follow in your footsteps. And so we ask, God, would you help us? Would you change us? Would you even change our hearts so that we can love and respect others the way that you would desire for us to do so? God, as we continue in prayer, as we continue in, in singing, would you continue to fill us and make us new? Would you fill our hearts with love for those around us so that we would love them as you love them? himself, the sins of the world, he went to pray at a place called Gethsemane. 
There he cried out to his heavenly father, expressing his troubled heart, knowing what following his father's will would mean. He would suffer physically, experience humiliation, and worst of all, separation from God his father. Yet he prayed with submission to God. He prayed not for his own will, but the father's will to be done, knowing that what God willed for him would bring about the salvation of the world. As we pray corporately, I will say, Lord, we draw near with true hearts and a full assurance of faith. And when I do, please respond by saying, not what we will, but what you will. Lord, we draw near with true hearts and a full assurance of faith. Lord, we come before you and confess that many times we want to have the final say about what happens in our lives. We find that trusting you is difficult. Many times we believe we know what is best for us, what will give us the most peace, joy, purpose, fulfillment, wholeness, and life. And we often forget that you are the author of life and all things are created through you and for you. We, like all things in this world, find our reason for being in you. May we hold unswervingly to this hope that we profess. And Lord, be honored as we surrender and submit to your will. Lord, we draw near with true hearts and a full assurance of faith. Lord, we confess our sin and we confess that we selectively love others. Many times we choose to love those who are the easiest to love, who love us in return, who offer us something in return, and those who are similar to us those that we don't have to give much to or to those who don't cost us as much. Forgive us for turning a blind eye to those who are harder to love, and especially those who are the most vulnerable and who have no voice. Lord, we put on a life of loving others like you do, with no strings attached, without condemnation and without preference. We put on a life of forgiving others as you forgave us, and we put on a life of giving of yourself as you gave of yourself. Lord, we draw near with true hearts and full assurance of faith. Lord, we desire that our local church body in Tyson's and in Arlington be part of bringing your kingdom here. And we submit our hopes and dreams for what our church will look like. We submit to you our church size, our church finances, our church mission. And as you lead us to love and care for the refugee and immigrant population at Bailey's Crossroads, we submit what that will look like to you. As you lead us to partner with Little Lights, Casa Chirilagua, Global Gates, and international workers in Cambodia, Indonesia, and Tea House, we submit those partnerships to you. We recognize our inclination to look inwards and care for ourselves first, and sometimes only for ourselves. May we consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds and all the more as we see your day approaching if you call us to give us more of ourselves lord as you call us to partner in more real and tangible ways help us to submit to your will lord we draw near with true hearts and a full assurance of faith Lord, we confess our flesh is willing but the spirit our flesh is weak but the spirit is willing and we ask that you fill us with your promised Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.
communion. As we do, we're going to say the Apostles' Creed together. This is a way to remind us of what Christ has done for us. So let's say this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In a moment, we'll open up for communion. Uh, remember, this is, this is the story of how Christ has loved us, how Christ has treated us. He who was the creator of all things, who reigns eternally in glory, died for you and me because of his love for us, that we might be in relationship with him for all those who said yes to him. So as we take, let's be reminded of that. Let's be grateful for that. Let's praise God for his sacrifice. Let's also be reminded that this is our example. This is our standard for relating to one another, is giving ourselves up in Christ for one another because of what Christ has done for us. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this cup is the cup, the new covenant, it's my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Every time you do this, you proclaim my death. You remember me until I come again. And so we just invite you to come and remember who Christ is. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember what he has done for us to celebrate him. And so this is for anyone who's decided to follow Jesus. We invite you to come. Uh, we're also having uh, some leaders up here. We'll pray for you. Um, we just invite you, if you feel you're in need for prayer, that could be in relation to what it is today, of just feeling a need to, to be reminded of who you are in Christ and have somebody speak that over you. Sometimes we need somebody else's words to believe and to hear what is true, that we're having a trouble doing that, that is here for you. Or if there's just anything else in your life, if you need prayers for healing of any kind, we'd love to pray for you. Or if you just need blessing, we would love to pray for you. Uh, but we invite that time for you. So let me just pray and open this time and we'll sing in this communion. Uh, there's a wafer in there and there's also another side that has the juice to drink. So Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your example. We thank you for your cleansing that makes us new. And this morning we come to you, we, we cherish you and we praise you for your living sacrifice. Amen. Welcome to the table.
celebrate his love and the way that that changes the way we love one another as we close out our time here this morning.
someone next to us. Maybe it's your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad or your kid. Uh, just in light of what we uh, heard this morning as we sing this tag, can you look at them and say, his banner over you is love, his banner over me is love. His banner over you, His banner over me, His banner over us, His love. One more time. His banner over you, His banner over me, His banner over us, His love, love, love. And we can feel the love of God in this place. We believe. loves us. Amen. I'm glad she did that. I was about to make you all do that. So clearly God wanted us to do that. Um, receive this. But as you receive this, this isn't just for you. This is for you to pray for and extend to all those around you and all those you for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. May the love of Christ be with you. Amen. Yeah. 